Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. The Jesse Blake Sports Report. Really? Oh, wait, really? The Jesse Blake Sports Report. That's it? Don't forget, it's the Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. <laughs> you know, that's kind of redundant. Dude, is there a problem? No, it's fine. I, I just, you know, I thought maybe you guys would come up with something, you know, good. Man, just read it. You know what? Doesn't matter to me. I get paid by the word. <laughs> Let's do this. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada's Sportsbook. Welcome to another episode of the Jesse Blake Sports Report. It is my pleasure to be joined right now by the one and only Steve Dangle. I wonder why you want to talk to me today. <laughs> well, I I was like, okay, I I made another list. I make top, top top five lists on this show, and then I run them down. And I was like, okay, I got to get somebody to bounce this list off of. And who else but Steve Dangle? Who else? For this, you know, it's the title of the episode. You know what we're about to talk about. It is the top five most devastating Toronto Maple Leaf losses post-lockout. Post-lockout. Now, I told you about this yesterday, what we were going to be doing, and you formed kind of your own temporary list in your head. Yes. Yes, I did. But I'm going to read you my top five. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you... I'm going to count down from five to one. Okay. And I'm going to read you an excerpt from that day. From that day? From, from like... Uh, from the post-game report, uh, a couple of them are from, like, a- the AP, the Associated Press, or, like, some some are from Chris Johnston, some are from uh, just, like, articles, CBC articles. Just, I want to give you an idea no of... No LFR. No LFR. You suck. <laughs> I didn't go back. You I didn't stink. get the quotes from the LFR. I'm sorry. All right. All right. <laughs> all right so, let's start at number five. And then weigh in if you agree with the list, obviously, and mm-hmm. uh, what you were thinking about that day. I, I think you're going to pretty much nail the list and there are going to be a couple key omissions uh-huh. that are special to me and we'll talk about them after oh yes okay all right number five on the top five most devastating toronto maple leaf losses post lockout number five february 20th yeah there it is 2020 versus the carolina hurricanes game 63 of the regular season David Ayers was sitting in the stands with his wife at Scotiabank Arena when Carolina Hurricanes goalie James Reimer went down with an injury. Very early. The on-call emergency netminder in Toronto. Ayers left his seat and got half-dressed into his gear on the off chance something might happen to Carolina's second option, Peter Morasic. Midway through the second period, Ayers noticed his cell phone started blowing up. What he didn't realize was that Morazic had been hurt in a scary collision with Maple Leafs forward Kyle Clifford. Mm-hmm. Next thing, the 42-year-old Zamboni driver was walking down the tunnel and into the spotlight. Ayers allowed goals on the first two shots he faced before settling down and stopping the next eight in a suffocating defensive performance by his new teammates as Carolina picked up a stunning 6-3 victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs on Saturday night. Ayers, who had a kidney transplant 15 years ago, wasn't sure if he would ever play hockey again and has been a practice goalie with the Maple Leafs and the club's American Hockey League affiliate for the last eight years. The native of Whitby, Ontario, faces shots from professionals on an almost daily basis during the season, but never thought... He'd be called into service in an NHL game. 
So I actually, I have some insight here because, uh, you know, that video actually just crossed a million views on Congratulations, YouTube. Congratulations, by the way. Th thank you very much. My first and only million view video. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> For the number five most devastating loss. Weird that it's a Leafs uh, loss that, that got me there. But I was wondering if this list would contain any regular season games. And I mean, this is the one. Mm -hmm. Like, this is the one. I'll be surprised if there's any more, frankly. I, I'm excited to hear the rest of your list. Um, David Ayers, uh, I got to play hockey with him on Jeff Merrick's backyard rink. And we got to meet and we got to talk. And I didn't realize, and I don't think a lot of people still realize, how many NHL shots David Ayers has faced in his life. It's more than usual. Mm -hmm. In fact, there are some guys who have probably played in the NHL who haven't faced this many NHL shots. Because as the Leafs practice goalie, you know, I was talking about, you know, how do goalies make 30 saves in a game? He's like, how about like facing 300 shots in a practice? And he showed me his mask, his you know, iconic mask that I'm sure is in the Hockey Hall of Fame or it will be one day. It should be. His Marley's mask yeah. that he wore with his Carolina Hurricanes jersey and won. To win an NHL game. There, uh, <laughs> Zach Hyman, with a one-timer at practice, cracked his mask. Damn. So if there was any team in the NHL that David Ayers had the book on, it was the Toronto Maple Leafs. So in a way, he was Carolina's secret weapon. He was the perfect goalie for the situation. The perfect goalie for the situation. It's, you know, you think it, it, it changes the way you think about it because Elliot Friedman said uh, that when errors got put into the game, GMs and executives were reaching out to him like, this is a travesty. This is rigged. By the end of the game, they were laughing. But when you think about it, who is that goalie going to know better than those players? Mm -hmm. If David Ayers has to take on the Carolina Hurricanes, I bet they light him up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. But having to take on the Leafs, well, I know Himes is going to shoot here. Matthews is going to shoot here, et cetera, et cetera. Where were you at the time? Were you live on YouTube doing a Saturday night? Thank goodness I wasn't. Okay. Because I can assure you I would have been fired. <laughs> I was... <laughs> the Leafs hadn't been playing great hockey. What's, you know what everyone forgets? So I was actually at the game before that. I was in a box with Eric Lindros. You know how you do. Oh, casual. Casual. Yeah, the yeah. Leafs shut out. Oh, the hold Pittsburgh on. Let me Penguins. let me pick up the name you dropped. Yeah, it's just Eric Lindros. Oh, you don't have to bend <laughs> down very far. It's a tall name. But he the the Leafs play one of their most complete games of the season before that at home, four nothing defeat of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they follow it up by losing to their own friggin' employee. Ah, uh, so where were you when you? Oh, sorry, that? I was at home on my couch. Okay, and there was a moment in the third period where I tweeted, "You could probably find it." Where I'm like, "They're actually going to lose this game." Mm -hmm. Like it, it took a while for me because if if I'm not mistaken, even though Ayers allowed the first two shots he faced, the first goal that was scored with David Ayers in net was on Toronto. When Ayers entered the game, I think it was only three one. Right, and then Carolina scored. Carolina, not only did the Leafs lose that game, but Carolina outscored them with airs in net. Yes. People forget that. Yeah. It was 3-1 and the game ended 6-3. Mm -hmm. The fact that they got so little shots on goal was the biggest. Seven? Tra tra I think it was eight. He made eight saves. Or it was seven in the third period. Yeah, and he made yeah. eight saves and two goals. You know, the fact that you didn't just, it wasn't 20. It wasn't 25. In a regular game, they can just pepper shots on the goalie. And this is a guy who isn't an NHL goalie. He's a 42-year-old Zamboni driver. And you didn't just pepper 20 shots on him. And his first play 
of the game was to like charge out of the net to like the face-off mm-hmm. dot to take away a scoring opportunity from Zach Hyman, and it worked. Oh my god! <laughs> Number four on the list of most devastating Leafs losses since the lockout, April twenty-sixth, twenty eighteen. Versus the Boston Bruins. Round one, game seven. Interesting. So I wore a heart rate monitor for this game. This is the first time I did that. Oh, it, was, right. it was a Fitbit. So I helped a friend move that day. I helped In the him. morning. Yes. So he moved from Toronto to Collingwood. I loaded up the moving truck. So I carried you know all this heavy furniture into a truck. My heart rate goes up. Then we drive to Collingwood. I help him unload the truck, unload all this heavy furniture, and my heart rate goes up. During game seven, my heart was consistently higher than it was <laughs> when I was lifting furniture and like carrying couches out of the house and stuff like that. I was I was very sad by that loss because Kapanen scores this amazing shorthanded goal to make it 4-3 at the end of the second. They enter the third period with the lead, and they blow it again. Underratedly, though, like, yes, it's game seven, so it's the one that stings the most. It's To me, it's not the most embarrassing loss of that series. Okay, which one? The most embarrassing loss of that series, game four in Toronto with a chance to tie the series. Because hmm. they had just won game three. Frederick Anderson makes that ridiculous paddle save on David Pasternak in the dying moments. They win 3-2. Matthew scores a power play goal. That was the game where I met his parents. Oh, fun. And the next game... I'm on my way to the game and I know the Leafs are about to win and I know the Leafs are about to tie the series because Patrice Bergeron's not in the lineup. Marchand scores like a minute in and they lose. Mm-hmm. Tuka Rask thoroughly outduels Frederick Anderson. You're down 3-1 in the series. It's a miracle that the Leafs even had the opportunity to blow a game seven. I think that's why it becomes more devastating and that why it's number four on the list because it was a 3-1 reverse. Remember, coming off of 2013, this is the first time the Leafs are in a playoff series where it looks like they can win because at Washington, we all kind of knew it's a young guns overachieving. Right. And here we have the Leafs are in the second period. They're going to do it. They're going to reverse the curse. Uh, the 3-1 comeback win, and they didn't do it. I'm going to read the excerpt here. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs could not complete a comeback from down 3-1 the Eastern Conference first round against the Boston Bruins. The Maple Leafs were eliminated uh, after allowing four goals in the third period. This is what Mike Bad- Babcock said post game. Boo. We're done. The bottom line is we went out for the third period. They scored, and we didn't. Once they scored, they tilted the rink. And we didn't respond. It was like devastation instead of just keeping playing and executing in the third period. Toronto had eight shots on goal in the period and allowed Boston to score four times, uh, one of which was an empty netter. Jake Gardner was a hot mess finishing the game with an assist, but he was a minus five. And I think at least three of those came in the third. He was brutal. So was Freddie. Freddie was terrible. Austin Matthews generated offensive chances and created space for his teammates, but he had just two points in the series. It could not solve Chara and Boston's defensive system. And he was given less than 19 minutes of ice time in that game. That that was the series. That's my number four. Do you watch that from your couch as well? Uh, yes. Well, it was in Boston. Mm-hmm. So I had gotten home exhausted from my day of moving. And boy, was I pissed. Number three 
We'll stick with the theme of Boston in Game 7. Number three, April 23rd, 2019, for a second consecutive season and the third time in the team's past four playoff appearances, the Maple Leafs were eliminated by the Boston Bruins in Game 7 of an opening round series. Jake Gardner, once again coming up in these post-game reports, who played injured, was criticized for another Game game 7 outing that left much to be desired. Frederick Anderson let in a soft one early in the first period and fell to 0-4 in Game 7s, while Nazem Kadri's absence due to his suspension continued to have negative impact on the Leafs' forward lines. Special team performances... And the ice time given to certain players were an issue again. And this led many onlookers to aim at Babcock. The Leafs had backed up the Brinks truck to sign John Tavares, trade a first round pick and two prospects for Jake Muzzin, seeing growth from every one of their young players and built what they believed to be a championship caliber foundation. Then they put the Boston Bruins on the ropes and didn't finish the job. They had an opportunity to win in game six. They got lit up. Uh, I believe, I think they even got four goals in Tukaresk. I think they lost 6 4. And then in game seven, the only Leaf to score was John Tavares. Chara punched him directly in the face. No call <laughs> in that game. And there is a video that my wife put on Instagram in her story. It's gone, it's long gone. But Chris Johnston saw it. There's a moment with about two minutes left in the game. Leafs are down 4-1 or 5-1. Patrick Marlowe was on the ice with Austin Matthews. He did not start the game with Austin Matthews. Mm-hmm. That's Babcock getting his big horses out there. And I screamed at the top of my lungs, not knowing I was being recorded, Fire him! Fuck! <laughs> wow. I was... You were very right coming out of that series that he needed to go. It's one of my most visceral reactions I've ever had. Uh, to the Leafs, like since I was born, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, since I started making content, but certainly since I was born, and that was the game that preceded. If you're aware of CM Punk and wrestling, mm-hmm. CJ came on our podcast immediately following Media Day or the locker room cleanup, and he delivers basically his CM Punk pipe bomb, and you were there with me. Mm-hmm. CJ basically said that Babcock saved his job with the Leafs 2-1 winning game five. It was it was ridiculous thinking then. It's ridiculous in retrospect. It never made any sense. And it ruined almost literally the entire next season. Oh, yeah. 2020 was a wash was because a wash. of how it started. Um, that series, I think, is it's even more devastating because you come off of 2018 where you're like, okay, they were down 3-1 and didn't complete the comeback. It's really hard to do that. We can forgive that. But this time, they were up 3-2. And they it was, had Game 6. And Game 7 was their worst game of the series. And then Game 7, you lay, lay a complete egg and you lose 5-1. Awful. Awful. I can't even remember. Like, Boston's depth guys were able to score on Freddy. The second goal, I don't even remember the name of the guy who scored it. I have the goals here. Um, He's Swedish. See. That's all I remember. Uh, box score. Who has the goals for Boston? We got Bergeron. We got Coyle. Coyle. We got uh, Johansson, Corrali, and that's it. Well, maybe I'm thinking of 2018. See, they all blend together. They oh, all and bl- Nordstrom. 
Is that who you're thinking of? Nordstrom. I think I'm thinking of Yoke. Was it Yokum? Yokum. Yokum Nordstrom. Nordstrom <laughs> and Sean Corrali, if I'm not mistaken, missed the beginning of that series. He comes back and he begins what would be a uh, several year streak of eliminating the Leafs. So I think he was part of the 2018 team. Wow. He was obviously on the 2019 team, and then I believe he was on the Blue Jackets for the 2020 bubble. Was he? I think so. Oh god. I want to say it was him and Riley Nash. They're cursed. All right. <laughs> Number two. Number two on the top five most devastating Leafs losses post-lockout. May 29th. Yep. 2021. Montreal Canadiens. Game six. Yeah. Round one. Good pick. Game seven was arbitrary. <laughs> game seven was Let ceremonial. Me. Let me read this and then you go off. Jesperi Kotkaniemi scored at 15-15 of overtime, and the Montreal Canadiens avoided elimination for the second straight game with a 3-2 win against the Toronto Maple Leafs. For everybody listening, Steve has his hands, his head in his hands uh, against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Game 6 of the Stanley Cup first round at Bell Centre on Saturday. Following a turnover by Maple Leafs defenseman Travis Dermott, Kotkaniemi took a pass from Paul Byron in the slot and scored on a shot that deflected off Zach Bogosian and passed Jack Campbell's glove. A crowd of 2,500 people was permitted to attend the game, the first among the seven Canadian-based NHL teams with fans since March 11th, 2020. I know a father and son duo who were there. Wow. They had two of those 2,500 tickets. History. Jason Spezza and TJ Brody scored, and Campbell made 28 saves for Toronto, the number one seed, which outshot Montreal 13-2 to in overtime. 13-1 to prior to the giveaway is what I can't get past. Number two most devastating loss. We were, we were just talking about, um, at the time that we're recording this, Colorado outshot St. Louis in game one in their overtime 13 to nothing. Mm-hmm. No shots. Colorado was dominant, right? Mm -hmm. The Leafs were almost that dominant. And they got killed the vast majority of that game. That was that was the game where Leafs are on the penalty kill. Mitch Marner throws the puck over the glass. It's a five-on-three. He looks devastated and nervous in the box. And I think it's Corey Perry scores. Mm -hmm. Or it was Corey Perry or Tyler Toffoli scored to give the Habs a two-goal lead in the third period. And that was the moment. Toffoli. It was Toffoli. So that was the moment where I started to make peace with the fact, oh my God, there's going to be a game seven. Spezza, for the second straight year, willing this group of wretched bums to life in the playoffs. Scores. TJ Brody, I think, deflects a Zach Hyman shot. And watching that overtime, the more it went, the more I was like, they're about to do this. Mm -hmm. The Leafs are about to make the second round of the playoffs. And... We'll talk about how it was a little bit by the skin of their teeth. It was a little bit of a speed wobble. We don't like how they got over the hump, but we can agree they got over the hump. That would have been the narrative. That, that 100% would have been It was entirely shaky. They we're unsure this team wasn't going to happen in the second round, but they did it. But they did it. They did it. They did it. You know, uh, the Vancouver Canucks, when they go to the Stanley Cup final in 2011, they had a 3-0 lead over the Chicago Blackhawks. And they won that series game seven in overtime. Mm -hmm. But the narrative is still 
Dragon Slayer. Who cares? They 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 slayed their dragon. They beat the Blackhawks and and their boogeyman Dave Boland. <laughs> Who cares how you do it as you long as it. you get it done? As long as you get it done. The Bruins uh, blew a three-one series lead against the Leafs twice. Won both of them. <laughs> Won both of them. And that was the the game seven LFR video that I made. Was I, I've said it before, I'll say it again, was the easiest video I've ever done because I spent the next 48 hours after this Game 6 loss knowing that their Game 7 loss was inevitable and I just thought of all the words I was going to carve them with. Game 7 was ceremonial and the second that first Brendan Gallagher goal went in, I, oh, yeah. I go, all right. Any, any sliver of hope that I carried into Game 7... <laughs> Evaporated. We knew at puck drop, uh, just by the way the team was playing, that there was no chance in Game 7. Game no 6 is where that series would have been had, and they blew it. Mm. And the context uh, that like, the added to it, the Sheldon Keefe speech that he made, oh, heading into overtime, he tears the paint off the wall. on our YouTube channel. Like We have that footage that's just out there. And he <laughs> wills the Leafs to play their best playoff hockey for a stretch of time. In God knows how many years. And they blow it. All right, number one. Gee, I wonder what. <laughs> it can't be anything but this. May 13th, 2013, game seven, round one. The first breakup always hurts the most. Mm. That's why it's got to be number one. Trailing by three goals in the third period and still by two with less than 90 seconds left in their season, Mm. the Bruins scored twice in a span of 31 seconds to tie it and then eliminated the Toronto Maple Leafs on Patrice Bergeron's goal at 6.05 of overtime to win 5-4 in Game 7 on Monday night. Tuka Rass stopped 24 shots for Boston, which led the best of seven series 3-1 before the Maple Leafs won two in a row to force the seventh game. He was awful. Tuka? Yep. Yeah, and that that uh, that first round series, the, 100%. Well, especially in that game, and mm. they blew it. Oh, uh, my God, they blew it. They wasted a two-goal performance from Cody Franzen. According oh. to Elias Sports Bureau, the Bruins are the first team in NHL history to win a game seven after trailing by three goals in the third period. First it had looked ever. like two early goals by defenseman Cody Franzen would be enough to propel the Toronto Maple Leafs into the next round. Up 2-1 to start the third period, Toronto got goals from Kessel and Kadri to pad the lead to 4-1 by 539. Horton set up Lucic, got one back at 918. No, you're skipping over a key moment. What key moment do you want to throw in there? The broadcast camera pans the Bruins bench. They all look dejected and miserable. And then it gets to the end, and there's, at the time ancient, Yarmir Yager shakes his head and just has this face of being completely unimpressed. Not with the Bruins, with the Leafs. And I was in Maple Leaf Square. I saw it on the biggest screen I could. And there was something about that look that sent a chill down my spine coinciding with that moment a chance that I still hear in my nightmares breaks out behind me in Maple Leaf Square na 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 hey 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 and I turned around and told everyone to shut the fuck up 
Can we swear on your show? Yes, that's fine. Well, everyone just <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> they were actually chanting in Maple Leaf Square because, believe it or not, boys and girls, there was a time where a 4-1 deficit in the third period was, or at any point in the game, was a death sentence. Goals weren't just free willy-nilly in the NHL at that point. And the Leafs blew it. Were you in Maple Leaf Square as a fan? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And the, the it, you can actually find me very easily in the crowd because for a bunch of the crane shots mm-hmm. that went overhead, whenever the crane would move, the Leafs fans in Maple Leaf Square were trained to, oh, this is when we're supposed to go, yay, hooray, and they start jumping around or whatever. I just stared. I stared with this crazy face at the crane, and you can see I'm like I'm dead center. You can you can find me so easily in the crowd. That's so funny. Yeah. Uh, let me finish this off. Nathan Horton, set up by Lucic, got one back at 9.18. Leaf legend. And then Lucic made it 4-3 at 18.38, and Bergeron tied it up at 19.09. Cue an unlikely overtime and chalk up the miraculous recovery for Boston as the Bruins blitzed the Toronto goal. The Leafs could not clear the puck, and Bergeron snapped home a shot. It's one of the craziest ones I've ever been a part of, said Bergeron, who was held to one goal in the six games before collecting two goals and an assist in game number seven. Mm. Steve? At least we're down 3-1 in that series. <laughs> they were down 3-1. They came all the way back, and then they blew a 4-1 lead in the third period. Um, do you have any disagreements with the list? The order? No. Oh! No, that's actually a fantastic list. Thank you. Yay! Yeah. That's a really Clap fantastic list. There are some <laughs> games that uh, bear noting. Mm-hmm. Let's do honor- let's do honorable mentions, and then we'll close it out. Honorable mentions, and uh, uh, there's some there's some interesting ones because the Leafs weren't really able to shake them. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll sort of never forgive the Leafs for. Losing Austin Matthews' four-goal NHL debut. I was going to bring that up. Because that memory is tainted forever. That Matthews photo Mm -hmm. is tainted forever. You lost that game. They lost that game. Um, Oh, because of a giveaway from Matthews. Shut up! You had four (laughs) goals! Four! No other Leafs showed up. Frederick Anderson was awful. Mm Mm-hmm. The whole team was awful. The whole team was Matthews awful. Matthews was just on a tear, and then everybody else was garbage. Not William Nylander, who, did William uh, have a good who got him the puck oh, yeah. for at least a couple of those goals. Riley did. Mm-hmm. Hyman did. It was, a, it was a great game for the youth movement, but for such an amazing moment, I'll, part of me will never forget the Leafs for losing that game. The one playoff series that's not in here is Columbus 2020. Um, I would probably put in the game five. See, because game three was the PLD hat trick game, I believe. Well, game three, they were up three, nothing. Yeah. And they blew it. Yeah. And that was their chance to go up two one in a best of five. That's when, when the Leafs scored to make it three, nothing. Nick Robertson scored his first NHL goal. And it was the last even strength goal. The Leafs scored in that series. Wow. All the, they scored a bunch of empty net goals. Uh, against Columbus for that huge comeback. In Their game own four. empty net. Their own empty Six net. Six on five. Six yes. on five. 
And then uh, in game five, uh, oh, that's right. They didn't fucking score. No. They got shut out. So game five made me mad because what did you even get my hopes up for? Mm-hmm. We, you could have just gotten shut out in game four and then we could have all gone home early. But no, they had to delay it by another day. But game three, to me, is far more annoying. I'm trying to think of other regular season losses that would be... Oh, I got one. Okay. So they lose the first game in the 16-17 season. Uh-huh. Matthew's four-goal game. They win the next game. I think it was 4-1 over the Boston Bruins. That's when Mitch Marner scores his first goal and big Selly. The next game. What's the next game? Against the Winnipeg Jets. This is the height of the Matthews versus Line A debate. It's four nothing Leafs. Yeah. They blow the entire thing. It goes to overtime. Matthews with a chance to end it is stop. Puck goes the other way. And Patrick Line wins the game in overtime with a hat trick goal. That's brutal. And. It just established very early on in that season. And this would be a theme for that team the entire year. No lead was safe. No lead was safe. I always talked uh, about the Leafs having traumatic blown leads early in the season that haunt them for the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. That was theirs. And for any Leafs fan in Winnipeg, the next day, I assume, was the worst day of their life. <laughs> it's funny you remember like those two games from the 2017 season in particular. Because I look back on that season as a positive season. It was. Right? Oh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. But, <laughs> but that one hurt. Yeah. That one sucked. Yeah. That was not fun. Underratedly, so the Leafs... This is not devastating necessarily, but the Leafs win their second last game of that season game 81 a game that they very nearly blew the penguins have so many guys out of the lineup jvr scores a goal it's a miracle it wasn't called offside mm-hmm. a goal goes in off of jake gardner and remember they need to win this game or they blow their playoff spot they make the playoffs with that game but they play again the next day Frederick Anderson can't play because he got hurt. So the Leafs go back to McElhaney. If I'm not mistaken, they had a 2-0 lead over the Columbus Blue Jackets. And they blow it. Had they not blown it, they wouldn't have played the President's Trophy winning Washington Capitals. I can't remember who their opponent would have been, but it wasn't... so interesting. It wasn't going to be the Caps. They could have... You know who it was going to be? We would have got the Battle of Ontario. Had they closed that game out and won. Game 82 of the 16-17 For the season. 16-17 standings, the... Oh, oh, hold on. Oh, okay. 16-17. NHL.com does not want to cooperate. So, these are the 16-17 standings, but it would have been the division, mm-hmm. the wild card. Leafs bottom wild card team, they would have leapfrogged the Rangers and they would have played the Sens. Or no, no, they would have leapfrogged no, no. the Bruins, sorry. Would they? I believe so. Oh, yeah. They would have leapfrogged the Bruins. Oh, wow. And they would have got the three seed in the Atlantic, and it would have been a Battle of Ontario in the first round. Although the Leafs would have lost. That was that was the Sens team that ended up going to the conference The Sens final. were very good. Yeah, and almost went to the Stanley Cup final. 
You know, so the Leafs at least get to maintain their perfect so record you, in the Battle of Ontario. But we can all agree, I think, that the Sens probably would have better uh, would have been an easier matchup. They would have had a better shot than the President's Trophy winning Washington Capitals. Right. So you've named three games from 2017. Do you have anything else you want to add? Oh man, I'm sure you could go on forever. I could probably. <laughs> oh, I can name wins that pissed me off. <laughs> Their home opener in 17-18. They had a 5-1 lead yeah, over the Rangers blew and blew it. Yeah. They won 8-5. Was that our Hockey Night in Cinema game? Was it? No. One of those opening wasn't. nights, we did it, right? It was, it was. I was celebrating Canadian Thanksgiving that night uh, with some family. And I went to that Thanksgiving gathering after hosting the tailgate party in Maple Leaf Square. Oh, fun. Because it was the home opener. Yeah. It was the home opener, and I had hosted And they had you parties. do things like that. And they had me do things like that. <laughs> and I, I did the playoff tailgate the year before, and uh, the Leafs were up. I think it was 5-1 by the time I got to the event, and I got there just in time to watch them completely, completely shit won. the bed. They did win, and that was the game where Babcock famously said, it's fun, eh? But it's dumb. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right, uh, before we go here and I wrap up, do you want to add in any more? I think I'll uh, I'll cut it off there. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, going through this top five list with me. I really appreciate you coming on a show and on your own network that you're a part of. They blew a 4-1 lead to Colorado and lost in overtime. Sorry. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Jesse. Appreciate All it. Right. What I'm about to talk about next is 19 plus. Please play responsibly if you are going to get involved with some of these bets and gambling. We have helpful resources in the description of this podcast below if you need those. Once again, 19 plus and visit sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN if you'd like to get involved with any of these bets. And today I want to talk about the Con Smythe Trophy winner, Odds and who I think is providing a significant amount of value right now. So, based on what's happened since Tuesday, is the Tampa Bay Lightning have jumped into the second favorite team to win the Stanley Cup. They have just torn the hearts out of every Florida Panthers fan and player and member of that organization by being who they are, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the back-to-back -back defending Stanley Cup champions. And I, I don't even think, I think they might have been underdogs going into that series with Florida. But since their two wins and last night's incredible buzzer beater goal, they've completely shifted the dynamic of where they sit amongst the league. And now they are the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference and return to the Stanley Cup final. It's them and it's Colorado. The Colorado pick hasn't changed like all season long. They've been the favorites to come out of the West and that's sticking the same. But now Tampa, I'm going to get the Stanley Cup outright winner odds right here. So it's Colorado at pretty much three to one and then Tampa Bay at five to one and then we got calgary carolina florida st louis or actually uh florida edmonton then st louis then new york coming up the rear um and and what's happened here is now now that the stanley cup odds have shifted the con Smythe trophy winner odds have shifted so now it's kale mccarr is the favorite to win the con Smythe. then we got nathan mckinnon andre vasilevsky nikita kucherov those are the top four. It mirrors who the odds makers think are going to win the Stanley Cup. Then you go to who the odds makers think are going to win the Consmite Trophy. Now, 
if you disagree with those two picks, if you think someone other than the Colorado Avalanche or the Tampa Bay Lightning will win the Stanley Cup, then there is some real value to be had. And when I say value, I just mean like the the odds are very unlikely that one of these players do it. So if you were to hit that, you got a huge payday. If you think somebody other than the Colorado Avalanche or the Tampa Bay Lightning were to win the Stanley Cup, now's the time to jump on one of the Conn Smythe Trophy winners and even jump on the outright Stanley Cup winner odds because once you get to the Final Four, um, the, those odds are obviously going to decrease and it's going to be less and less likely that uh, you're going to get like a huge payday if one of your bets hit. So in my bracket for the playoffs when we did our NHL bracket challenge uh, for the SDPN League, I have St. Louis winning the Stanley Cup. I don't know if it's going to work out, you know. I I'm riding I'm riding the Bennington Bennington wave right now and if the St. Louis Blues were to win the Stanley Cup, I think it's a logical conclusion that with the way he's playing it would be Bennington who wins this who wins the Smythe trophy. So I'm looking at it right now. He's 25.5 on the decimal odds to win the Stanley Cup. 25 to 1. So whatever you bet, it would be 25 times your money is the payout. So a $10 bet would net you $250. So if if you've got... I'll, I'll do another one. I'll do another one as well. So let's say uh, you also think, hey, Florida's going to come back in the series. It's going to be unbelievable. I don't know how they did it. They, they came back and they beat Tampa and it looks like they're going to win the Stanley Cup. So who do we go, who do we go with that team? Because usually, if we boil it down to who's, who wins the Consumite Trophy, star player, star goaltender. It's one or the other. If the star player is going to be your star forward or your star defenseman, uh, it was Hedman two years ago and then Vassy last year. And then we run that list. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly, I believe, for St. Louis when they won. And then Ovi and then Crosby back-to-back. So star player, which is your star forward or star defenseman or star goaltender. That's it. That's pretty much who wins the Consumite Trophy. We don't we don't get the out-of-nowheres if you look back in very recent history, like the five-year window of when the Consumite Trophy is handed out. So if you think, hey... Carolina is going to win the Stanley uh, win the Stanley Cup. Sebastian Ajo is probably your star player there who gets the Smythe. thirteen to one. Not as great as the Bennington odds, but there's thirteen to one. Thirteen times your money there if you place a bet on Ajo. Then we got um, I was doing the Florida Panthers. So Huberto, Barkov, your two stars that are probably going to collect the Smythe Trophy if Florida gets it done. I don't think it's going to go to Bob. I think it's Huberto or Barkov. They're sitting at pretty close odds, 22 and 24 on the decimal odds. So, in conclusion, all I'm saying is, if you think, even even if even if you think Tampa's or Colorado's going to get it done, even those, but I'm more emphasizing the longer shots. If you think somebody other than Tampa or Colorado gets it done, and you want to just put a little flyer on your star player. There's some real long shot odds right now on them winning the Consumite Trophy. And if you're right, 
and you hit that, it could be a lot of fun. So uh, that's what I was looking at. I'm going to throw five bucks on Binner. I don't know. I, I see the way he's playing. I don't know if, if St. Louis is going to knock off Colorado. It's such a it's such a close series, but it's 1-1. And I don't think a lot of people expected it to get to 1-1. And Binner's got a lot to do with that. My boy, Vili Husso, sitting on the bench, but I'll take it because I'm riding the Blues wave. I blue leave. Is that a thing? I'm going to make blue leave t-shirts if they knock off the Colorado Avalanche. Expect that soon. Uh, the I I blue leave. Do you blue leave? Is that? I think that's. I think that's what I'm gonna do. I think that's good. All right. I'm gonna get out of here and enjoy my long weekend. If you want to get involved with any of these bets, it is sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. There are helpful resources in the description of this podcast below. If you need those uh, regarding your gambling, it is 19 plus as always. Please play responsibly. Go Blues go, I guess. I, I've kind of hitched my wagon to them. Uh, I also, I'd love to see Tampa do three-peats. Uh, anybody who knows the way I cheer for sports, I love seeing greatness. There's been a, there was a long stretch there where uh, I was hated on by my co-hosts on the Steve Dango podcast because every year I'd cheer for Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl. And I like witnessing greatness. So... Let's let's hope Tampa gets back and they keep their domination up against Florida and they make this a quick series and then they take care of business versus Carolina or New York. Probably probably Carolina. We'll see how that goes though. I mean, the these NHL playoffs have been fantastic. So much drama. And I haven't even given Edmonton and Calgary a chance here. I'm out on those teams winning a Stanley Cup. I don't know about you. I said I was gonna wrap up the show and now here I am on a route rant about how great the playoffs have been. I'm out on giving Calgary and Edmonton a shot at winning the Stanley Cup. I think whoever comes out of Colorado, St. Louis is the favorite to make the Stanley Cup. Not even, not the favorite. I mean, uh, I think that's who I'm picking to come out of the West is whoever wins Colorado, St. Louis. And then on the other side, it's Tampa. Unless it's Carolina. (laughs) There's three teams right now. There's four teams I think got a real shot at winning the Stanley Cup. I got Carolina. I got Tampa. I have uh, Colorado and St. Louis. That's kind of my list. Let me know yours. Uh, tweet at me. Let me know who you got left on your Stanley Cup bets and who, where you would place your money on who's going to win the Cup with eight teams left. Okay. I'm actually going to get out of here now. Thank you for being here. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be listening or watching to this right now. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Steve regarding the Leafs. It was a lot of fun. I'll see you again next Thursday. I'll be back. Uh, I'll see you on the Steve Dangle podcast on Tuesday. We are taking an extended long weekend. Uh, Steve's in Winnipeg this weekend, so that's why that's happening. All right. I'm out. Could have been anywhere in the world, but she'll be here right now. Bye. And that is how it's done. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake, powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Jesse Blake, the guy that likes to hear his name twice in one sentence. Sure, I know him. No, he doesn't have an ego at all. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.